Hi everybody, this is Chris Posty Posterson, and I'm back with another Super Deluxe Special Edition episode of the Sleep With Me podcast. Just in case you don't know me, I'm the guy who wrote the Sleep With Me theme song that you hear at the beginning of every episode. I also help Scooter with some of the editing of the show, and every once in a while he asks me to take a show that recently aired and I add some sound, sometimes some music to it, in order to make it a super deluxe special edition show. He then releases those as a way to say thanks to his patrons, all of you. Uh, So I usually like to start these out by saying thanks to me as well. Uh, Your patronage goes a really long way to helping us make this show. Say it every time, but still, can't say it enough. Thanks so much, and let's get into another Super Deluxe Special Edition. for tonight's Super Deluxe Special Edition show. Um, I used to live in a big city, and I'd ride the bus or the streetcar pretty often. I always kind of admired people who fell asleep on it. I could never do it because I'd just worry a little too much and uh, was afraid of missing my stop. But I'd look at those people and sort of be like, oh, if I could only be as relaxed as you, and catch some Z's on my commute. So with that thought in mind, I invented a new thing called the Dream Bus, which is driven by Scoots um, and only drives around your block, a block away from your house. Just drives around in a loop, Scoots at the wheel, talking over an intercom, telling you a bedtime story, and there's no chance of missing your stop because you'll be right back to it in five minutes. So with that story in mind, that's what I've designed for us tonight. Welcome to the Dream Bus. We'll hear a recent episode called Top Gum. I've tried to add a little bit of 80s style musical scoring here and there. And enjoy your ride. Good night, everybody. All right, everybody, it's time for a tale of the tape, uh, which is a style of episode. Usually, because it's like, a, it could be, I guess, any time, but, but movies, mostly movies I saw in the 80s as a child where I saw him a bunch of times, maybe even more recently than the 80s. And then I try to remember the plot of the movie because uh, like usually I can't, barely remember anything. So it just sounds to be very sleepy because they say, oh, what was that? uh, And what happened there? So it's just like a fun premise. Plus this particular movie, I think is getting rebooted or uh, something. Because uh, the name of the movie 
is a, a, a top gum chewer. So top gum for short. And if you want to know why it's called Top Gun, all you have to do is picture Tom Cruise chewing gum with that big smile of his. Now, we're talking a 1980s Tom Cruise. Uh, so I don't know, like, what's amazing. His hair was shorter, I think, in the 80s. This particular movie, either he was sweating a lot or his character, his hair had a sheen to it, a good sheen. I mean, for him, a good sheen. And he wore aviator sunglasses a lot because he was a jet pilot uh, uh, for the Navy. Uh, and uh, he chewed gum. That was just one of his things. That's one of his things in a lot of movies. But he chews gum in this movie. He's the top of gum. And it's also a thing they use there to say... Uh, and this is like a different part of the Navy. You might not have heard of it except for this movie. But acrobatics. Aerial acrobatics. And so this movie starts off, uh, so I think that's everything we need to know about the setup. Oh, but, but I know it's getting remade or rebooted. Though I think like Tom Cruise and maybe Val Kilmer. Okay, so the stars of the movie are, oh boy, this, okay, Anthony Edwards, Tom Cruise, Meg Ryan, Val Kilmer. This is when uh, Tom Skerritt, uh, Michael Ironside, um, after that, the dude that was in, um, Legend of Billy Jean, uh, who, who, um, Hubie something, uh, who else, uh, Kelly McGillis, uh, was it John Stockwell, who we'll get to really quick, and even, um, Tim Robbins was in this one, so very 80s uh, cast, uh, and uh, it takes place in San Diego, I believe. Most of well, parts of the movie do. And it's about being the top of gum, which is shorthand for the most uh, aerobi- uh, like uh, the person that has the most uh, aerially aerobi- aerial aerobat, whatever I meant to say. So the movie starts off with, uh, what I don't know, like, uh, now this, okay, this also all took place during the 80s, during the Cold War. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, it, I don't know, I've never read an article about it, but I'm sure there's been plenty of great ones about how storytelling, the Cold War actually offered, uh, like, easy stakes uh, for your storytelling back then. Because you had, like, a, a, so, like, in the movies, at least in the simplistic version, like, a good side, good old USA, in a not good side, which would be the uh, USSR. And again, I'm not taking sides, I'm just talking about the storytelling. And then they had stakes because you were raised, I guess, uh, in the 80s to believe that, uh, you know, our way of life was dependent on our, you know, get, get a lot of, uh, you see where we, how we got here today. They say, well, if our, way's not, if our way's not the best, then we don't have it, you know. But so, uh, so this movie took place uh, with that uh, through that lens, through that cultural window. And I mean, just from a storytelling perspective, uh, well, it's a very simple-based movie, and it used that in a very uh, basic way. It did it very effectively, and it was a blockbuster film. Though people might have never, they say, I've never heard of that movie. Heard of another one? I said, Well, I'm sorry. Uh, so the movie starts off with, uh, who's it, John Stockwell? 
Now here's a couple things about John Stark. Well, he was in a couple movies I liked, uh, and he was someone that never became a gigantic star, which was baffling. I also always thought uh, George Thorogood, who was like a classic 80s rocker, or more of a, um, maybe not a rocker, but I always thought those two people, were, they were the same person. So John Stockwell was George Thorogood. Yeah, but John Stockwell was in this one cool movie that I cannot remember the name of. Uh, it was called My Science Experiment or something, where uh, someone has a science experiment at Ben's kind of time-space continuum, and he's the hero that goes back into his high school to shut the experiment down or something. And I think he was the lead in one or two other movies. Uh, but in this movie, he's, he's just the uh, teaser, the, uh, the opening... What do they call that? They call it a, not a through point, uh, set piece. That's what they call it in movies. And I don't know if this was just a Tony Scott film. I think it was just a Tony Scott film, but, uh, so it opens with this set piece of, uh, it was the Olympics. Now, I guess it would have been, like, this took place in the past. Uh, oh, no, no, it was the Olympic, uh, I guess it was more of an Olympic build-up, uh, because it would have been the last, uh, like, not Olympic qualifying, because the U.S. was competing against the USSR in aerial, aerobi aerobi aerial, whatever that's called. Like, and you say, Scooch, what is that, and why is the Navy involved in it? They say, well, there's a version you hear of, of jet planes, but most of this takes place just like in, um, what's that group called, that the circus group, uh, Cirque du Soleil. Like, and again, this is stuff that history's just glossed over because it's not as flashy as jet planes. Yeah, but most of the stuff, like when you're, um, you've seen it, like, uh, you've got a person in mostly, ba uh, ideally in a ballet-type uniform. And they're flying around on ribbons. Uh, and it can involve trapeze and all that, but it's a lot of it's artistic, uh, you know, gymnastics and uh, uh, dance and um, I guess air, air, or whatever that other one is combined. Now, the reason the Navy's important is because, uh, like, the Navy would use this, uh, again, it just added to the stakes that it was like, uh, this is the Navy's team. Now, the Navy specialized in... Um, what do they call it? T like these were, um, what do you call them when there's two people working together? I don't know what it's called, but like, uh, like I'm thinking of synchronized. Synchronized. So this was like, a, 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 it was a little bit different than synchronized because they're not synchronized. Uh, but it was a team sport, a two person team sport. This was uh, like, uh, again, the 80s, so they were more into the male stories. But you'd think, well, this is, seems like a softer art. Uh, see, well, you have to have a hard body to do this soft art. So, just to be clear, like you see, Tom, this is Tom Cruise's body and Anthony Edwards. Holy cow! Yeah, but so, so it opens up with this big, whatever the international, uh, whatever the most important thing is, other than the Olympics, for uh, men's aerial aerobatics. Men's aerial dancing. Oh, acrobatics. Why was I calling it aerobatics? Uh, they think that's like the shorthand for it.
to be to, oh no, not to be Top Gun. Okay, so I think you're with me so far. So John Stockwell's character, whose name I forget, he, he like everyone had a nickname. His was something like Jaguar. For some reason, I remember Tim Robbins' nickname first was Merlin, because that was just cool. I said, I wish I was Merlin. Yeah, but so... Oh, there's another dude, Barry Tubb. Is that who it is? Uh, okay, just thought of uh, one other kid, like uh, the sidekick to Iceman was in a lot of movies. I don't know if his name's Barry Tubb. I think Barry Tubb might be the dude from uh, Billy Jean. But there's one other character who's an actor whose name I should probably know. Yeah, but anyway, uh, uh, Jaguar, whatever John St uh, Stockwell's character's name is, I don't know who his partner was. The partner didn't get a lot of screen time that I remember. He goes out there. He's the top dog. Like, in the, they say, okay, like, you're up against, you know, just like in these movies, Rocky movies, Ivan Drago and, uh, you know, Mikhail Baryshnikov are on a team together. I know this is just imaginary. That's not really who they were against. Uh, because the Soviet team had these, uh, like, a little bit like figure skating. They had, um, like, outfits that, that were also part of the show. So they also obscured their faces, uh, which is, again, a message of, like, uh, you know, that the 80s was trying to push. I think right now I'm covering the movie in slower than real time. Uh, but so... Basically, John Stockwell and John Stockwell's partner are up against two faceless Russians, uh, and it's a big moment, like, uh, and John Stockwell's the best of the best, uh, as far as the U.S. team's concerned. And he gets up there, you know, on the ribbons, on the swings, and starts doing his thing. And it's also done at the same time, like, it's like this everybody... You have to see the movie to understand, but uh, it's like a dance, uh, like a dance-off in some sense, but it's aerobic, I'm not doing that on purpose, it's just like a brain trip, but, um, so, he gets up there and he decides, like, he's, you know, he's built it up too much, uh, he has performance, you know, ANX, AX, you know, performance concerns, and he's never had this trouble, he's been the top dog. And he says, I can't do it, like, uh, I'm quit. like uh, this is it, I'm off the team. Right in the middle of the routine. I think it was a mess, like a little bit of like, uh, like the Russians kind of like, uh, they swung real close together or something. And he said, you know what, this just isn't for me. Which you gotta respect, uh, like it was like a very, uh, he said, this is it, and everybody, was in disbelief. The whole, all the coaches, all the other athletes, and that. But it also also serves to show this theme of the movie, uh, which is one of the themes of the movie, which I think is like mind over matter, in some sense, or mind over even ego. Like, uh, that there's this like loose focus. If you want to be a top uh, uh, air dancer, yeah, that's a good way, top gum. Like, you need to, um, it is a matter of, uh, not just a physical ability, not just technical ability, but an ability to, to, to push, push over the edge, uh, right up against the edge, and that he lost his edge. I think that was it, he lost his edge. And, you know, 
so that's how the movie starts. And then what we get next is uh, uh, Tom Cruise and uh, uh, Anthony Edwards, who for the forward will be known as Maverick and Goose. We see that they're like in the, the amateur circuit. They haven't been in the Olympic circuit. They've been in the amateur circuit. They're very flashy. And Tom Cruise is extremely confident. I mean, you've seen him smile and chew gum. Like, imagine him in his 20s doing that. I mean, it's, it's actually enjoyable either way. But, uh, so, he does that. So, so we just see them, and they're, like, so flashy. They're kind of, the, like, not Goose. Uh, Anthony Edwards' character is a little bit more of the, um, the soul, at least initially. Or the heart and soul. But uh, Tom Cruise, um, you know, he just he, he even shows up, shows up the coaches and the other athletes a little bit. Yeah, like, and he's always got catchphrases that I forget, turn to burn or something. And then they get back to to to, to finish their their performance, and they they kind of upset the like uh, one of the not the coaches, but one of the um, referees or something or whatever judges by doing like something comparable to where they were supposed to do a double indie and they did a quad. And then they find out that when they get back, they say, you guys have got called up to the, you know, you'd be normally be in trouble, but the Olympic team has an opening and the Olympics are coming. And, you know, obviously Uncle Sam doesn't want us to be embarrassed and not be the best aerial dancing, you know, air dancers in the world. Our ability to you know consume you know consume things and you, you would be you could, could be at risk. So we got to be the best. Uh, and they want you to, but instead of the best, I guess they want you to. And then things really get fuzzy for me eventually. So they go to San Diego, which is like Top Gum School. So I think initially we get. Um, and there's probably some other new classmates, maybe, maybe there's not, but then we get like an overview, Top Gum, you know, I think this is uh, narrated by Michael Ironside, you know, and they see the history of the school, like a little backstory, you know, Top Gum was designed, you know, in the 1950s when, uh, for, you know, we said, who's going to be, you know, the whole Olympic buildup of the, the Cold War, and, you know, U.S., dancing dominance, that's the term he uses, uh, and they say, you know, so this is to teach you all everything, uh, even stuff, you know, we're combining techniques across the globe uh, in this one place, you know, but the question is, can you take, you know, can you do it, can you graduate, uh, so it's not only an Olympic training program, but it's like, uh, you got to get through the training uh, to be top gum and then make the Olympic team. They think, even though they are the Olympic, I don't know, some of it's a little confusing. Oh, that's what it is. Like, eventually you would want to go pro, I think, is what it is. So then it gets set up very, uh, a couple themes get set up. One, uh, one theme is, uh, and this will probably be out of order, but we see Tom Cruise's relationship with Tom Skerritt, who's like, uh, I don't know what his nickname is in there, but he's, he's like the, the big, the, the principal. 
But for Tom Cruise, he's his father figure, which Tom Cruise is like, uh, we, we kind of learn like Tom Cruise's age is related to his relationship with his father a little bit and his need to prove himself. And Tom Scarrett kind of tries to take on this role of like, uh, they care about you, but you're kind of a D-I-C-K for the most part, is what he kind of says to, to, to Maverick. Uh, like, this is a, like, uh, your ego's too big. Yeah, and I know you think you're the best, and maybe we could make you the best, uh, but we'll see. Uh, so there's that, uh, so there's that theme running through it. Then there's the theme of, um, well, there's Tom Cruise and Go Go Maverick and Goose's relationship, which is one of fr friend friendship and love, but also of, like, different stakes, like, uh, Tom Cruise's ego constantly impacts uh, uh, Goose yeah, because Goose has different sex. He has a family and he really needs to make it eventually to the Pro League because uh, if he doesn't, then, um, like, what, what would he, like, uh, he wouldn't, you know what I mean? He, he, he needs some money. I mean, he, that's like a good way to make a living as a pro air dancer. I mean, come on, look at Cirque du, like, the, nowadays, we see it everywhere. I mean, all, all the air, constant air dancer interviews. So, that's another theme. Then there's the fact of what Tom Scared said, which is other classmates, Tom Caruso definitely has. And he's able to carry it out in a um, likable way, uh, which is probably not, there's not many people capable of pulling that off. Uh, where he's kind of a superior to his classmates uh, and a bit of a, you know, a, a, a jerk or whatever. Um, yeah, but he also is almost the best. Uh, so, I don't know, there, there's kind of a little tension within the class. And then there's also the actually top student, the top performer, who is played by Val Kilmer. His name is Iceman. And his partner is, is like Gordo or something like that. And Iceman is known for being super cool and chill, and like precision-oriented, you know, very uh, detached and emotionless, uh, but also plays within the rules. And he doesn't like uh, Maverick's, not just his attitude, but that he pushes things over the edge. Uh, like uh, Iceman says, you know, I can be the best within this creative constraints and that's what we're here to do. Also, this is like an Olympic sport, uh, so we don't want anybody like spraining anything. It's just ridiculous. And he says, eventually you're gonna sprain an elbow or something, and you know, or what if Goose does? So there's this competition, which actually makes it more, you know, cause you say, well, I don't think I like Iceman. He doesn't chew gum like Tom Cruise. He chews it in this more chopping, a tense way where Tom Cruise chews gum like a handsome, chill dude. And again, I think just an example of like this uh, form of movie storytelling. Uh, so then what happens, oh, so the I'm talking about themes, I guess. Uh, what other themes? Then there's Tom Cruise versus the system, I guess, or Maverick versus system. So we see over a series of scenes uh, in class, and outside of class, uh, 
where Tom Cruise is like, like uh, I know better than even the instructors. And I understand things better than things. And the whole purpose of the school, I mean, in a military context, uh, is to kind of break your ego, right? And to, to remold you. And, uh, but, but uh, like, uh, so, so it does make it for another interesting small con source of conflict. Yeah, then there's the love story. So Kelly McGillis, uh, so, and this is like one of the more famous scenes in the movie. Like one of the first nights in town, uh, they go off and they all go out, like a bunch of the classmates go out. And so we see them outside of their, cla outside of their class in their dancing roles. And Tom Cruise fancies himself quite a charmer. And he, I mean, if, I mean, who are we kidding? Uh, so he sets forth to uh, charm this uh, person he, he sees there, and he sings her an Everly Brothers song. Maybe he sings it with Goose for a little while, and then takes over. And we see like a romantic connection. And I don't know if it immediately translates. Uh, I don't think, I think it's just like a, a romantic connection and flirting. Where, you know, Tom Cruise says, look at me, chew gum, like, come on now. And I believe that Kelly McGillis' character says, you know, I got work to do. Or I gotta leave, you know, I'm go, going home to go to bed. Uh, so I think, like, there's a... Yeah, so I think, then we learn next day that she's one of the instructors. So you say, oh boy. Uh, you know, again, it, like, it adds to the builds on the theme uh, that Maverick just can't play by the rules. He's a Maverick. Uh, I mean, uh, come on. And I guess Goose is a goose. Uh, we also see, like, training sequences where they get up in the dancing, and they're dancing against the best. Like, they dance against Michael Ironside. They dance against uh, Tom Skerritt. Uh, they have nicknames they can't remember. Je no, Je who's Jester? Did I already say Jester? Maybe one of them is Jester. Merlin is... But somebody's... But so, yeah, I think uh, maybe Tom Scared is Jester. And we learned that those two, Michael... If you've never seen Michael Ironside air dance, holy mackerel, uh, look it up on YouTube or something. Because uh, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be changed forever. And so the, we learn that uh, Tom Cruise still has a way to go, and that he's willing to bend the rules. This kind of has played out already, but uh, so there's one time where they have to do a dance off against Michael Ironside and Tom Skerritt, and uh, to, to, uh, like uh, Tom Cruise and uh, Goose, Maverick and Goose, do their dance, but they do this move that's not sanctioned by the U.S. You know. Olympic Committee, so they bend a rule, or break a rule, uh, to win, but technically they don't win, they say, well, we won, because we outperformed the two of you, and they say, no, but you, that last swing you did, where you put your hip out, like that's an Olympic, it's not allowed within the constraints of the Olympic system, and so then they go back, and everyone is in the locker room. And they say, oh boy, we all got beat by a jester and, uh, and the sloth or whatever. And Iceman says, not us, man. We, we beat them fair and square. And Tom Cruise says, we beat them too. And he goes, no, you didn't. You, you, uh, you, you technically lost. Uh, 
there's a reason you can't kick your hip out at that moment. You know, according to, he pulls out his Olympic uh, air dancing manual and says, look at here. Uh, so we have all this rising tension. Then eventually, tension, the first piece of tension to break, I think, is uh, Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis. They end up, end up in a romantic uh, situation, which I think somehow then they end up... Uh, Maybe like uh, I don't know. Somehow they end up in a romantic situation, which was probably the first time in life, uh, life I ever saw French kissing with an actor and an actress uh, against a silhouette. Uh, so they did, that's burned in my mind. Yeah. So they have they do kiss. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Also, there's like a scene where. And I think this was just popular because all the dudes were shirtless and they were all in jacked up shape. But uh, actually, this is before he goes on a date with uh, Kelly McGillis, which I think the date was at the principal's house. So we also have these scenes again where Tom Skerrick kind of says, Listen, man, like, uh, your dad was the best, uh, but you can't keep chasing memories or something like that. Your dad was the best air dancer I've ever seen. You might be better. But you gotta put your mind, you gotta get your mind right. You know, but Tom Cruise just still isn't having it. Uh, then, okay, there's the great volleyball scene, which is basically Iceman and uh, Gordo or whatever decide, hey, we wanna play you, um, Goose and Maverick, shirtless wild beach volleyball. And I don't, I don't think anything happened. I don't know who won, but it was just like a, a, a popular sequence. Uh, you know, it gave me something never to attain. I said, well, if I could have one of those four bodies, uh, everything would be great. Uh, so I don't, know if it was, I don't think I could play volleyball either. Yeah, then at some other point, there's like a point with the stakes for Goose, because Meg Ryan is Goose's wife. She comes for a visit. Uh, I don't know if they like if they had kids and the kids came, or they just talk about their kids, or they're planning and having kids. Yeah, but at that moment, like uh, she's also close with Maverick. Uh, it, it comes out like uh, I think Meg Ryan says something, and then later Goose says something like, "Listen, man, like you're gonna get us kicked out of school if you keep messing around," which is like uh, he's gotten so many demerits or something like that. And Goose is like, seriously, like every single, like it's not you versus, if it's you versus system, like I'm caught up with you in all these like outside activities and, you know, you being a hotshot, it all culminates. And then it's a slow building again to uh, like, uh, um, like the, um, I guess it is the Olympic, like a building to the graduation in the Olympics, um, but uh, I, I don't know. I guess they get a little hazy in there. But I think yeah, like there's a. Uh, so I don't know what happens first if they graduate, like, uh, or there's a graduation finale, or it's before the graduation. There's like the like uh, one of the last big performances. Uh, I would think I do think actually there is yeah. I think what happens is. Once or twice, like as they're studying, they do have these. Uh, at least once, they have um, uh, like a 
maybe a non-sanctioned air dance-off with the USSR team. And uh, I think that's it. Like, uh, so they have, like, maybe they have two of them. So they have one and Tom Cruise and Goose to showboat. And I think, again, that uh, maybe that's, like, uh, maybe that was, uh, was that early, was that in the movie at the beginning or was it later? I don't know. But at some point they have, like, one competition and uh, Tom Cruise and Goose are really good. And I think... Uh, so I don't know, there's like one or two scenes throughout the movie where they're again going up against the USSR team. And at some point, and I don't know if it was, I guess it was probably like a one with the USSR team because that would make sense as far as stakes go. But uh, Tom Cruise and Goose are pushing the limits and, and like, uh, like they, Tom Cruise just pushes things so much that Goose... Uh, like uh, overstretch or something, and that's it. Like, uh, like they say, you're over this overstretch, uh, you can't possibly be perform or graduate. Like, you'll never air dance again because you, uh, you know, it's, it's just a like, like freak, freak stretch. Uh, and it's, it, it, it wasn't Tom Cruise's fault exactly, but he feels bad for it. And Goose says, this is it. I bet my whole life on being a professional air dancer. He, well, he can't even speak to Tom Cruise. He just leaves. Uh, you know, Tom Cruise has to face uh, Meg Ryan, his wife, uh, who's just devastated. She says, this is it. This is where our dreams were built on air dancing. And now they're gone. Thanks a lot. Uh, and Tom Cruise is like, well, I loved Goose, you know, and I love you. And, and she goes, well, this is the cost. Uh, maybe it's time for you to reflect on everything, especially the deeper message of, like, uh, you know, mind over matter or whatever, you know, dance over, you know, dance, over, dance beyond the ego. And there's also a movie, or a mu I don't know if there's a, how many song, big songs there are. There's um. It was a Kenny Loggins, I think. Uh, the famous song for the movie is Highway to the Danger Zone. Riding, dancing through the danger zone. And I don't know if there's any other... You never... Once you get a hold of that ribbon, you get a taste for the air dance. You get to chewing up some gum, and you put on those tight air dancing pants. Uh, and so the, that's kind of the lyrics of the song. It was about like the danger zone, which is what they call it when they're up there dancing on those, like swinging on those ribbons. There may have been one or two other ones, but that one, you know, you still hear it on classic radio. So, okay, where are we? So Goose is gone. Goose is no longer a student. And every, actually, all the air dancers, they know that it was a, a, like a, it wasn't really 100% Tom Cruise's fault, uh, that it was just like this ribbon slipped, uh, and that maybe it was because Tom Cruise pushes things too hard, or maybe not, but they know the emotional impact of that, uh, that Goose leaving the team, and Goose is, you know, it kind of being time, that Tom Cruise was taking the, the, the feelings, at least, for like Goose's career being gone. And so he feels, you know, even Iceman says, listen, man, yeah, sorry, uh, that's rough. Uh, 
and it's, I think like that's like right before the Olympic trial. I think it's right before the Olympics, because then they still have to have like who's going to qualify, and like it was based on points for graduation. Yeah, so ice like the top gum. That team is like the top U.S. team. Then the second place team would have been on the Olympic team. Maybe the top three teams get on the Olympic team. And then maybe there's an alternate. But then Tom Cruise goes back. He has to like work with another dancer. And he's lost his mental edge. And Tom Scare tries to, you know, be like, you just got to get your edge back, kid. You got to be able to focus on the dance. Uh, now, maybe, like, maybe this was the push, the deflation your ego needed. I don't know that he says it's that on the nose, but, uh, I mean, basically it comes down to, you know, Tom Cruise, uh, can't get it out of his mind that, uh, and he's like, what, then he's also like, what if I slip? Or what if I never air dance again? You know, what is it? Like, he's overthinking everything. And a lot of times he says, talk to me, Goose. Now, there is some of that left out that's important for the whole movie. And, uh, it's the idea of the wingman in this movie, which is, uh, like, so you already had this, uh, this, these pairs, right? Tom Cruise and Goose, Iceman and Gordo, or whatever his name was, I don't know. Yeah, but then there is also this open floor competition, that's why they do pick three teams, which is like uh, six and six, like three teams versus three teams, uh, so that's like kind of like when Olympic gymnastics, there's also the team competition, but they don't have this. This would be like if it is Olympics gymnastics, uh, they had a floor competition where everybody was on the floor at the same time. And the wingman in this case is like a team, kind of like spotters basically. Like, so, you, so it's a secondary role, like for the lead team, in this case, Iceman and Gordo. And, uh, uh, like, you're supposed to, like, you're, while they're doing a, a move, you're supposed to, like, run interference so that no one would, like, interrupt their line of sight and throw off their move. And so, at some point in the movie, Tom Cruise and Maverick and Goose are supposed to be Iceman and Gordo's wing people. Uh, but at the same time, like, everybody's accumulating points for, for the team, and this, uh, it's, they're not on the floor, you know, they're up in the air, but it's very similar, just easier metaphor to think about Olympic floor exercise in this case. So, they're getting ready to do their biggest point number, Iceman and Gordo, and Tom Cruise, they say, we, we, need, our, we need our monitor or whatever, because uh, we're going to do our, you know, quad blindy. And Tom Cruise says, okay, okay, I'll, we're watching, we're watching. And then Tom Cruise sees like an opening where they could do like something like a triple sidecar or whatever. And he says, listen, I'm not gonna watch, like you guys can handle it on your own. I'm gonna, we're gonna do, so then we could get more points for the team. We're gonna do the sidecar because there's just an opening right now. And Iceman says, that's not how it works. Like that's not how protocol and Olympic team work, work. Uh, there's no high in team, Maverick. Uh, but Maverick can't hear it. That's in the middle of the uh, show. Uh, but you never forget that. Uh, like, that that's important. And uh, at some point, I don't know if it's at the end of the movie, it 
guess it's at the very end of the movie, it pays off. Which I think we're like here to, like is basically like, uh, it ends up at the end of the, uh, the movie climaxes with like, uh, I mean, unless you consider that a climax with the goose stuff, is like, uh, Tom Cruise and Goose, they had so many points uh, that they either came in second or third. Iceman and Gordo came in first. I think they were top of gum. Or maybe not. Maybe Maverick and Goose were so far ahead. It doesn't really matter because Goose was uh, off the team. And Maverick's just trying to... He's, he's, just, uh, he's just hanging on. And they say... Uh, like you, so they say you're graduating, and uh, they say they moved up the Olympics or something, or they moved up the date of the when our competition is. You don't know if Maverick had just so much found a rhythm with his new partner, and so what happens is, uh, like, uh, they say, well, we gotta go. Like, uh, they say, Maverick, are you even gonna go to the Olympics? Uh, can you even focus? And I, I don't know what the debate is there. And that leads to the Olympic finals, uh, which uh, they kind of skip over and they just kind of uh, go into. And they say, like, all the points are tied. And this is the floor competition. And they kind of really do it in a, like, a very slow, deliberate way. So there's three teams for the U.S. I think, like, uh, you know, it's Iceman and Gordo and another team, I don't know which team it was, uh, and then Tom Cruise and his new partner versus the Russians who are again in their, like, uh, you know, artistic garb, but again, it makes them kind of faceless, uh, you know, the whole, like, uh, like we said. And what happens is, like, the, the, the group four starts and Maverick gets started, and then he, he goes cold. Like, he says, I can't even compete. I don't think I can even climb up my ribbons. Uh, and they say, like, they need, you know, they need all the points, but they also need, you know, it's like, uh, there's not, the floor spacing's all off, I guess, to the air floor, in this sense. And Iceman says, we need you, and he says, never mind. Yeah, but then ends up like uh, Iceman and uh, Gordor doing really good, and the other two teammates, uh, to where it's still competitive. But then they get to the point where they have to do, you know, there's also just like an ice skating, figure skating. You have like required, you have to complete, complete these different things, especially if you say it has to be judged on them or whatever. So they need this floor spacing to be able to complete these last things. They need their wingman. And, uh, they, like, they end up, like, like, cause the other teams are, like, using blocking, like, almost like uh, picks in basketball to rack up uh, points, uh, and they say, again, this is it, like, if we if we lose this, uh, symbolically, we've lost it all for the U.S. of A. And so, Tom Cruise is like, I can't get it, you know, I can't get it, it could talk to me, Goose. Uh, and then if something rings true to him, he says, wait a second, it's about mind over matter. It's just about focusing, a loose focus and a joy of air dance and chewing gum. And then he starts to chew gum and it's perfect. His teeth are like chiclets almost anyway. He smiles and he gets up there with his partner 
and he starts, they start to like, uh, they start to air dance, and then it changes the floor spacing, and they actually find more floor spacing available because two of the three Soviet teams were uh, using these blocking techniques, and I think it was hard for them, however they wrapped the ribbons around themselves, uh, to get out of these blocking techniques. So then, uh, you know, Maverick and his partner, and, uh, the Iceman and Gordo really start to shine, and ends up that, uh, I think, I don't know who, like, ends up having to do the big, you know, quadruple, you know, combo with the toast, you know, those ones where it's like two twists in a row. Yeah, but they do, and they win, they win the gold, uh, and they're so good that they say, this is the first time in Olympic history that your performance outshined the other performance so much uh, that we can't even give them a silver or bronze. And then that dude, like, uh, who sings that song uh, that they play on the 4th of July, like, picnics, uh, forgot his name, but, it, like, uh, proud to be an air dancer, he sings. I think that maybe they imagined that part, but uh, I'm proud to dance in the air for the U.S. of A. You know that that type of song, and it ends with like Tom Cruise and um, Val Kilmer or Iceman saying, "You could be my wingman. You know, you could be my wingman every time." And I think that's it. I don't know if there was any other um, like other than them putting their you know getting their gold medals. Uh, and chewing gum, if uh, that's it, you know, that, uh, yeah, I don't know if there's any other, but there's like a, a epilogue or anything like that after. But that's basically a movie, and it was, a, I believe it was a summer blockbuster. I have no idea what year it came out. Uh, I would guess the later 80s, uh, like maybe 88, but I don't have any idea. And it'll be interesting when it comes out again. Um, like what'll what, like uh, it'll just be interesting to see. Um, so I don't know. Like I mean, if that's this summer, or next summer. Also, well, this is another reason I've been thinking about Top Gun is because I've been seeing the trailers for Miss Marvel or Ms. Marvel, and uh, it looks like the start of that kind of has this Top Gun feel. And that's just a movie I think is going to be cool, so I'm looking forward to seeing that with my daughter. But yeah, that's a little bit about the movie Top Gum. And you say, well, I thought it was like, yeah, a lot of people did think it was about chewing gum or making gum. But then, you know, you saw it and you said, well, no, it's about air dancing. And that was like also the big air dancing peaked in the 80s, uh, where people actually thought it was cool. And like, like, started getting into it in droves, and that created the foundation uh, for like Cirque du Soleil. I mean, I don't think anybody's ever told that story. That like, without Top Gum, there wouldn't be Cirque du Soleil. You know, reason you know they'll they'll say, oh no, students, you don't know what you're talking about, and totally unrelated. And I say, really, really, like. Uh, so just picture Tom Cruise or uh, Anthony Edwards or Tom Skerritt. You know, I prefer to think of Michael Ironside up there. 